Hello and welcome to episode 700 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, June 4th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, 700 episodes. Neither of us have been here for all of them, but we've been here for quite a few now. Yeah, yeah, we, we've been here quite a bit, and I really thought that the work would pay off and I'd get drafted, but so far I have gotten no calls. I've heard some rumors about where you might be going, but it might be undrafted free agency. Yeah. I don't know, dude. No, we'll it's see. okay. I mean, I I, I don't. You put I don't some good wanna, tape together. Dude. I don't want to leave fan graphs or anything like that. But you know, if a major league club wanted to, you know, bring me in and you know, I'll, I'll take like a thirtieth round pick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> a thousand bucks yeah. to go to go be in like Orem or oh, wait 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 is that Utah Orem? There's a Utah. I'm a genius. You're gonna be part of the Orem Owls. And guess what? The Owls with a Z dog with a Z. <laughs> you better believe it. Anyway, we got plenty to talk about today. We will talk just briefly about the draft. Oh, literally one player in the draft. It's just not like NBA and NFL if you're if you're a fantasy player in those where the draft is super important because those players are going to be contributing like that. Just not how it works. In fact, even the guy we're going to talk about, num- number one overall, he might be a couple years away, and he's a catcher, which we'll get into. Uh, I got some news and notes, and then I just posted my SP rankings, and I got five of my biggest risers within the top 50 that I want to get your thoughts on, because I'm going to do a solo pod either tomorrow, yeah, probably tomorrow, I guess, that'd be Wednesday, um, talking about some of my biggest movers and, and, and my thoughts on them, so I want to get your thoughts. So let's just dive in. 1-1 one, one overall. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be anything of a draft guru. Uh, draft Nick, any of it. I learned everything that I know within the last like 72 hours. Uh, I knew about Rutschman beforehand, just a little bit of college ball that you kind of pick up uh, being in Austin because they they have ostensibly a decent program. And so I, you know, went to some games, I knew some stuff. But uh, any, any, literally every other prospect I learned about in the last 72 hours reading Kylie and Eric's stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm all. Hot, hot, hot stuff and whatnot. So that's why we're not going to get deep in it. Maybe we'll have a guest who can talk about some dynasty pickups. Maybe we'll maybe we'll work to book that. See if the general will come on. Maybe talk with us. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. But let's talk about Adley Richmond because I think I thought from what I knew, again mostly Eric and Kylie's stuff, he felt like the obvious one one. And um, I know Bobby Witt Jr. is a shortstop, and and that's obviously very appealing to another up the middle player. But, dude, I'll tell you what, the interviews I saw, I know you don't always get everything from an interview, and maybe he's a huge jerk behind closed doors, but I was really impressed with Rutschman. Like, he just seems like the guy. And everyone says that defensively, he could play in Baltimore right now. Now, is that because they have terrible players? Perhaps. But I think it also speaks to to what he's able to do. However, we're in the fantasy realm. And for me... Fantasy catcher uh, uh, catching prospects are just off the list. I just I just don't do it. So I'm torn because I like the kid Adley Rutschman goes one one. Uh, you know, switch hitting catcher uh, could be a little Matt Weider situation here. Uh, and I, I've got that buried in the back of my brain because I, I bought hook line and sinker on Weeders. Uh, on the other hand, uh, like I said, I'm fully out on catching prospects. So. What do you think about Adley Rutschman going one one and maybe being here in two three years? Is he somebody that you're going to be interested in? Yeah, this is a, a very difficult question because I am typically the guy who tells you do not draft uh, catchers and dynasty. Don't even look at them. Yeah. yeah, like it's 
you, you don't you don't worry about catching prospects. They take too long to come up. So much can happen in that time frame. Uh, I, and I hate to say that he's probably the exception to the rule because every time we've thought there's been an exception to the rule, I you know I met weeders, they're yeah. not. So uh, it's really difficult <laughs> because he looks like the real deal, and what he projects out to be is a hot. yeah a version of Buster Posey with yep. an extreme amount of power. And that's exactly where I'm at with him, too, If with Adley Rutschman, is getting the posy feel with the demeanor. He even kind of looks like him. Let's just be let's just be real. So you got switch hitting posy with more punch, but it's a catcher, dude. They get beat up. They do. You know, they got to learn. Well, and again, his defense is uh, highly graded. And, and I'm sure there's a little bit over, uh, you know, overrating it and saying that he can go hang now, but – he could probably go and not embarrass himself completely. He wouldn't be worst on the framing metric or the the the, the thrown out percentage. So Rutschman, the defensive piece is kind of there. He needs to you know make sure that he can adjust to major league or to uh, pro ball pitching and uh, keep two swings in check, which is also difficult being a switch hitter. But yeah, it could be what two years, year and a half maybe. Is that is that too aggressive? I think it's probably too aggressive considering where the Orioles are as a team. Good point. Uh, I why would they why would they start his clock when they're obviously not going to be competing for about forty years? So forty. <laughs> uh, I I feel you on that, but uh, like the, the only counter I would say to that is like with a catcher specifically. I mean, if they're ready, I think you do get them up there because of how they can trickle the entire team and improve pitching and whatnot. But also because that their bullets kind of like pitchers can be limited. So it you know. I think if he is ready in a year and a half and, and they're not still the bottom three team that they've been, if they're, if they're more, if they're more like where the reds are right now or, or a team like that, even like the Mariners who are good for five seconds and trick people into thinking that they were uh, bad, bad example. Cause they're, they're, they're awful. I don't know. I'm just trying to say like more of a mid mid tier toward the bottom ish, like the 19th best team. I think it would make sense to bring them up if they're still 27th, in the league and and it's still looking pretty grim in a year and a half. Yeah. Just keep him, keep Rutschman down. But uh, I think they could be in that in-between zone. I kind of buy what Elias and company are doing. There's, you know, a Houston guy coming over. They're not the Orioles of old. I think they're doing things the right way. They, you know, they're, they're tanking this year. They're going to be terrible. Get another top pick, maybe another number one, to be honest. And then all of a sudden it can be a quick turnaround because it's not just that number one pick, right? It's, it's obviously the entire draft. Uh, and I think the Orioles and Matt Thompson, you know, who I reference a lot because he's, uh, you know, lead prospect writer over at my site, uh, Friends Fantasy Benefits. Uh, mm-hmm. He said he thinks that the Orioles, I want to say he said that they have the best minor league farm system in terms of pitching. Oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to have this guy in the minor leagues helping those pitchers along will be important. My guess is he makes a debut in 2020 uh, in 2022 uh along with you know some of these pitchers like Grayson Rodriguez uh and things like that for me in terms of fantasy if I've got the number one overall pick I'm taking him and then I'm likely going to trade him I don't know if his value I like that is going to be higher than it is right now and like I said okay. catching is such a crapshoot and can take so long from a defensive uh position that 
I, I'd probably want to just jump on it and maybe maybe this is a good year to go and get like three or four guys from this draft or go get like, you know, I, I don't know where Rushman's going to be in terms of the overall ranks of uh, prospects, but if I could trade Rushman for a guy maybe like Joe Adele or, you know, a top 20 mm-hmm. prospect, uh, I think I'd I like probably that would. Yeah, that that's a really interesting idea because – you know, Joe Adele um, would, would actually kind of be knocking on the door if he hadn't gotten hurt, but he, his season hasn't even started yet. Very high prospect. And I do think that, you know, in, in the next month after the draft settles a little bit, signings get done and prospect lists are updated, uh, maybe I'm crazy. And again, prospects are not my number one field, but I feel like Rutschman's going to be like a top 25 sort of guy, no? That's that's what I would think. And yeah, so I think you're going to be able to command. Put him up there. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to be able to command something pretty substantial. And I like that idea. Don't pass on him because you're afraid of catchers, even though we just said don't take catchers. Draft and flip. I fully agree with that. I think he's got more value than just taking wit and waiting. Um, I think taking Rutschman and flipping him is is the right way to go. So that's basically our draft coverage right now until we get a guest who can actually walk us through this and talk some dynasty stuff uh, with us. I know you're you're better on prospects, but I, 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 still don't, I don't think you follow the draft. Yeah, that. yeah. no. I, the bandwidth, man. I mean, it's, how can you cover all of it? That's yeah, why there I, are I specific prospects. I can't take the comps. I can't take like <laughs> them talking about the you know fiftieth guy drafted this year and comparing Bro, it I, to Jimmy Rollins or comparing. Nah, dude, it I got him on a downside of uh, Chase Utley, yeah. upside of you I don't know, know probably guy, Cal Ripken, dude. Yeah, this guy reminds me of Ted Williams. It's just. You know, you, know you see the swing here, and we found this one grainy swing where he actually kind of did a little similar swing. It's just Ted Williams from the right mm-hmm. side. That's like the downside yeah. right now. It's yeah, the, the comps are insane. Um, draft day was also a big day for two other guys, Dallas Keuchel, Craig, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of them now uh, because they no longer have a draft pick tied to them because there is no more draft this year. Well, no more draft that uh, the the pick would be because uh, it would have been a first round pick, I believe. So now all eyes are on them. What's going on here? Where are they going to go? When are they going to land? I believe John Paul Morosi got a quote from Scott Boris about uh, the Keiko situation. Boris's retort was the wine has to decant, which <laughs> be more pretentious, but okay. Um, so it doesn't look like it's going to be all that quick for Keiko, Kimbrell. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet as far as concrete out of their camp, but he seems like the one I'd be more interested in just because the reliever should be able to turn around much quicker now. So where are you on these two guys? Who do you like better? Where do you, where, what's your top landing spot for Kimbrell and Keiko? Go. Uh, I don't know that I've got a top landing spot for Keiko. I think he, you need uh, I think he likely could end up in New York, where they could probably, uh, or it, with the Yankees, where they could probably use another starter. Uh, that being said, I don't want anything to do with Dallas Keuchel. I just think, as a starter, it's going to take him too long to get ready. Uh, you're going to have to stash. I mean, if you've already been stashing him, I guess you continue to stash him. But uh, yeah, if you waited this long, yeah. why would you give up now? By the, the way, the history of starters um, signing in season like this is this not is very good. This is the latest, yeah. though. I, I, and you could have won a bar bet with me on this. I thought Roger Clemens was was a um, was a June deal. No, it was May. 
and it was obviously that that's at the forefront when they're talking about something like this. His was a was a uh, May signing, so even he got in there earlier. Maybe he didn't go get to the majors until June, but he had the buildup in May to ramp up and and be there for the for the last four months of the season. So not even the the Rod and listen, Dallas Keuchel, you're good, dog. You ain't no Roger Clemens. How dare you? So come on, relax. And what happens? And, to Keuchel if he does sign in New York like is he gonna have to shave that beard of like, course like that's like will we be able to recognize him dude there is there are pictures floating around uh you know before he became uh good basically he didn't have the beard I believe and uh, it's it's very different it's very different so I I'm kind of eager to see where he goes not because I want him just because I want to see how it impacts things but I'm out on on Keiko right now too more just because a starter having to amp up the slate. I, I I don't know. It's just a big unknown. Um, Kimbrel, like I said, I think that's something that I'm more interested in. I have a share or two that I I'm just hanging on to right now. I'm not cutting him now. Um, Atlanta still seems like an obvious fit. Honestly, the NL East at large, you could really find him on on any of those teams. How confident are you that wherever Kimbrel goes, he closes? Meaning. Do you have any worries of like a Dodgers getting in there and saying, hey, let's just sign you for four months. We'll quote unquote overpay you a little bit. You'd be a setup, win a championship with us, ideally uh, for them. And then uh, you jump back on the market next time. And I don't know if that would work, but I'm saying that maybe that's how they would entice him to not close. But how do you feel about Kimbrell's chances to close when he does land? I think they're pretty good and I feel pretty confident that that he's going to close wherever he goes. I think the fact agree, that he way. doesn't need or does isn't going to ask for like a super long-term deal uh, that he might be willing to come in on a, a short-term deal, uh, a cheaper deal to kind of just reestablish his value to me says that uh, uh, he, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be in the limelight, where he's going to be on a winning team and he's going to close. So I would fully expect him to end up in Minnesota or Philadelphia. Oh. Um, Minnesota should really get one of these two guys. I prefer Kimbrel for them, just because again I'm I'm higher on him. But I think either of the of the should, pitchers available. Both, honestly, I, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree because listen, you're not so worried about the division right now. You're playing for October, so you know it doesn't matter. Don't be like Cleveland who thought, well, we're going to coast the division. Who cares? They should have been planning their entire offseason for October, and and they were stupid, and now they've they've pissed away the division. And yes, I do believe on June fourth that that division is pretty much over. Um, it, it, it's that's how bad you know you know the White Sox are tied with the Indians. Whoa! At twenty nine and thirty, does that shock you? Because it just shocked me. I literally just learned that. I it, so it's not shocking me nearly as much as these pictures of Dallas Keuchel without a beard. <laughs> Like, I told I, you they're crazy. I, I he's a good looking dude too. Like I'm not like saying he's like small no, no. thing or anything like that. No, no. It's just different. It's just, just so different. Yeah, like I mean, if my face looked like that without a beard, I'd have a beard. Or I wouldn't have a beard. So, I mean Yeah, you would you, you'd be yeah. you'd be showing off that face. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be showing off that chin. He's got he's got a very very uh pronounced nice chin. And, and here he is hiding it. But mm-hmm. uh, perhaps if he goes to the Yankees, he'll have a chance to show it off. Dashing gent Dallas Keuchel. Let's move on to some injury news, some positive, some negative. Pedro Strope activated for the Cubs. Uh, they've been rumored a little bit now with uh, with Kimbrel. And initially I was like, well, the hell took you so long? Because obviously we clown them for not being in on, on him 
early. However, I would say this. First, first off, there's a specific reason why they're in on it, and that makes more sense. But also, I would say their counter could be, you know what? We slow played it. We're three back in the win column without him, and, and things have not gone all that right. I mean, certain things have gone right. Uh, Chris Bryant's back to being an, an MVP candidate. Baez has remained an MVP candidate. Contreras and Rizzo. When you have four MVP candidates on your offense, just a really— That's a good thing, right? Yeah, that's positive. When you have uh, four really solid pieces in your rotation covering the fact that Darvish has been terrible and some decent contributions in the bullpen, despite its overall, you know, kind of shakiness, you don't really trust it for October, but they've made it here and they can say, you know what, we didn't have to give up the draft pick. We didn't have to go over the tax or anything like that. And we're still here and this guy's still available. So haha, we win. In which case I'd have to throw my hands and say, yeah, they're right. But do you know why they're so in on this right now? Are you familiar so Ben Zobrist uh, is actually going through a divorce, and mm-hmm. that's not 100% relevant. Uh, we, we, we don't care so much about that. I feel bad for him. But um, the issue there is that he's on the restricted list not making money. And so that has now freed up some extra cash for them to possibly offer Kimbrel. And so, you know, he's a $12.5 million guy. And so the longer that this lasts, the more that that money's piling up. I mean, just, just looking at it right off the top, you know, that's, um, what, what is that? That's about two plus mil per month, right? So uh, he didn't, he last he played uh, uh, two days. Uh, Thursday is a month that he's been on the restricted list. So that's two mil right there. And so um, this this situation with Zobrist having a deal with this on the restricted list has opened up some cash. And now all of a sudden they're saying, hey, now we can get Kimbrell. Let's be honest. They could have afforded it anytime, always, no matter what. Do not try to convince me otherwise or else you're stupid. But at least they're now being smart about it. Now, if they add Kimbrell to Strope, Ciszek, that's a nice little trio right there. And I it like really that. screw me over. So it seems like the most logical <laughs> thing. And all, all my shares of Pedro Strope uh, <laughs> this year. Yeah, it would really screw me over. That, that would so. It, it seems like, yeah, that's the most logical explanation uh, for what should happen is, uh, is do, me getting. Do we, do we feel like, okay, let's put Kimbrell not on the Cubs right now. Do we feel like Strope assumes this closer role in shorter? Okay, I do too. Ciszek um, was good. He absolutely did nothing wrong. But it wasn't like a you get to take this job if you're good. It's obviously you're filling in for a guy that we were we were trusting. So I'm with you there. Let's move on to the next one. This one sucks because we don't really know where it's at yet, and it looked bad. I don't know. Did you see the play where Andrew McCutcheon got hurt? I did, and yeah, yeah. it's uh, very reminiscent of of a many uh, MCL or ACL tears. So it's yes, it is. I'm and, hoping uh, we that's don't know not yet. what it is, but yeah. yeah. His, I, I saw his tweet yesterday about pray for me, please. Like, yeah. Ooh. yeah. He's uh, and, and the upset in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was rough. It was rough. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cutch guy. So I'm, I'm a fan. That one, that one struck me a little bit extra there. Cause it was just a bummer. You could just see that he was pretty much holding back tears. Cause he thinks that, that something very bad has happened. He's going to undergo an MRI today at some point. I'm not sure when we'll get the uh, in, information back. There is some sort of sprain. He's, he's, for, I'm going to say 100%. It's not confirmed yet. He's 100% going on the IL for some amount of time. Yes. We don't know how long that is. Adam Hazley's called up. 
I don't think we have anything actionable on on Kutch yet, just because we don't know. So sit tight with him. But I will use this to talk about Adam Hazley, one of their top prospects. Is he somebody that you're interested in if this does become a little bit more of a a long term situation? No. Do you want to expound on that at all? Uh, I mean, I guess I can. I mean, you can go look at uh, Eric Loggenhagen's and Kylie McDaniel's kind of write-ups of, of Adam Hazley over on the site. Uh, he's just not interesting from a fantasy perspective. Uh, he kind of does a little bit of everything, right? And so yeah, it doesn't add up. But uh, not like all anything that. very well. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's a very, I don't know, uh, team not- profile. Like, he doesn't have really any game power. Uh, so, I mean, if he hits 10 home runs rest of the way, I'd be super surprised. Sounds like NL only fodder or like yeah. super deep league where anyone with a He's pulse. He's going to be a compiler. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but that has he value. might not even, but he might not even compile because would, would he even be the full-time starter in, in a situation? Because Kingry would get the playing time primarily, well, wouldn't he? just traded for Dre Bruce too. That's so. right. That's right. Hello. So now he becomes... Uh, what, how fortuitous is that? I mean, it sucks that Kutch got hurt, but they just traded for a guy who was looking like he was going to be on the bench. And we say it all the time. These things play themselves out, and it's usually via injury, which is a bummer. But, yeah, well, why they get Bruce? Just to be a bench bat? Well, yeah, that was the idea because their bench wasn't very strong. And now it's looking like, no, we can move um, you know, Harper or Kingery into center, and Bruce is one of the corners. And filling in for McCutcheon. So, uh, and then Kingry, like I said, will get more playing time. So he, I'm more. Hazley's not even like a plus defender or anything. So it's not like he can come up and steal just. Steal time that way. Yeah. He's just. He, I mean, he's probably a below average defender by our grades. So. Dang. Okay. Uh, I would say that. Uh, yeah. I don't think. I mean, I think. I think Hazley's probably going to go for something in NL only, but. Like in Tout NL, I probably won't even put a bit on him. Your your tepidness uh, seems seems well founded based on what uh, what you're saying here. Then, so that makes sense. So Adam Hazley, not somebody you're really getting excited about until we see something different to make us excited. Let's talk about Miguel Cabrera. He has a chronic knee issue. Who could have guessed that? Um, it, it's so obvious that he has absolutely no juice in his legs, and it, it becomes this thing where. He's still hitting the ball hard just because he can barrel the ball up as well as anybody, even at his advanced age. But it's like it's a great example of why something like hard hit rate doesn't tell you everything because Miguel Cabrera's is still good and it makes you want to keep believing, but it's on the ground or it's it's, you know, a weak fly or not, not even a weak fly ball, but just like a a well struck fly ball, but like right to the fielder and so yeah he only has a 13 percent soft hit rate that's great but there's really nothing behind it and so a chronic knee issue for miguel cabrera um you know he's going to avoid the the il right now he's going to play through the pain i talked about it with jeff uh jeff erickson and chris liss on on sirius earlier this week they asked if i'd cut him yet he was able to live one more week on my team just because i had another cut for the for the one player that I did need to fill in for. But I think this week, if something pops up, Miguel Cabrera is my first cut in a 15 team mixed. And I don't even really feel like I'm, I'm going to lose anything. Well, where, where are you on, on Miggy and, and what sort of league viability does he have at this point? I still have him in a number of my 
uh, 12 teamers. Just kind of wait. I mean, he's hitting for average, like you said, and he's hitting the ball really hard. But yeah, there's obviously been something wrong with him, and it, it was you know with this kind of report coming out, it, I think it's time to cut bait in virtually every non-AL only format. Yeah. So, which is and you twenty teamers and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, we oh. have, when we say AL only, just in, just assume you deep crazy mixed leaguers, which I am one. Um, we're including y'all as well. But yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think I think it's time. Yeah, and it sucks. It is, it, and it does. It's, uh, you know, he's uh, a generational talent that we hoped would continue to be that uh, towards the end of his career. I think guys like Barry Bonds kind of uh, spoiled us because we never yeah. saw the decline uh, because steroids um, or or whatever, you know, his training program. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit... It's actually just long walks mm-hmm. after dinner, just an hour walk every day. Well, That's what kept the him... The San Francisco Bay Area is a, is a beautiful area to take long walks. <laughs> he just walked down Lombard Street, dude. This, this is why maybe turn. guys like... Uh, uh, you know, Miggy and uh, Pulos have not aged as gracefully because, you know, who wants to take long walks around Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> You're so. a bag of garbage. Uh, <laughs> nobody does. Nobody does, obviously. Okay. Um, couple of returns and not a whole lot to talk about with them, except to just mention that they're back. One is just to marvel at the fact that um, – Minnesota's defense is so good, and they haven't even had Nelson Cruz all year. Like, how unfair is that? Did, did to you the say rest Minnesota's of the defense? Oh, I probably did. Offense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because he doesn't even pertain to defense. He's not good at it. That's not at all what I wanted to talk about. So yeah, I'm an idiot. But uh, yeah, their offense has been so amazing, and he's only played 35 of their like 58 games or whatever they have. So. That's crazy. He's been good, you know, one one twenty eight WRC plus seven homers in those thirty five games. Um, so that's a big addition. I will ask this though: it's less about Cruz and more about what it does. Who's going to start to lose some time here? Uh, my guess would be Sano starts yeah. to lose some time because he, you know, now that he maybe has to DO. Yeah, since he can't DH and isn't very good defensively at third base and. Uh, isn't still isn't great at making contact. I think he's definitely gonna hit the bench and, uh, more often. Uh, I don't know who else is gonna lose time. I mean, I Ma- guess Marwin has been really yeah. bad. So uh, he's actually perked up a bit. Uh, he was so bad in April that he's gonna spend a lot of time trying to work that off. So you have to kind of do game log or or splits digging. Five oh one. In, in April for Marwin on the OPS, eight fourteen in May, and then eleven eleven so far in two June games. Nothing to really go off there, but uh, so yeah, he, he'll still bounce around, give guys days off. They're so deep, dude. They have Estadio, Garver, and Marwin on their on their bench. Like, yeah, I think there's a chance you could see Estadio get set back down too. I, I could see that because it's he's actually like he's been, been pretty rough. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been awful, but because he doesn't walk. That you know, when that batting average dips a little bit, like it has to 260, it means he's sporting a 283 on base percentage. Well, and his catching doesn't really help when they already have Castro and Garver, and so his, him being like a Marwin plus, he's like because a, he can he's also catch. Act. Exactly, and I will say this too: you know, he was pretty good through 16 games in April, 
And then since then, it's 200, 233, 236 in his last 60 plate appearances. So he could be ripe for a send down as well. Um, Roster Resource still has him on board, you know, even with the re- return of, of Cruz, but we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that. So your Astadio shares, be careful with them. Shifting over to New York and going to the Mets, Jeff McNeil's coming back. Cano's not back yet. They thought maybe he could be back today, but Jeff McNeil's back. McNeil has impressed me. I I wasn't particularly in on him coming into the season. Um, you know, I just kind of thought, you know, he was good last year, but well, what am I really getting here? I, I gotta gotta worry about uh, making sure I get high BABIP to keep the batting average going. No, he's hitting 333 again. I will say though, only two homers, zero steals. So it is kind of an empty batting average. It's still the same thing that I that I worried about. But he plays a bunch of spots too. So I do like Jeff McNeil in deeper leagues because he's really added positional flexibility. How do you feel about Jeff McNeil returning? I feel like he's a younger, you know, more uh, versatile version of kind of like Justin Turner. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and and, but think, hasn't developed the pop. That yeah, the pop Tur- hasn't developed. So, uh, which makes me kind of. Uh, you know, intrigued about his long-term potential, especially in kind of this juice ball age. I think he's a maybe a little bit of a launch angle change away from, uh, you know, kind of popping a lot of those homers out. So it's a good point because he's already got the bat-to-ball skills. So if he could make a tweak, that yeah, you 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 make a good point. Maybe he is somebody who could be the the Stella, right? These guys that already know how to make great contact just that one little tweak to kind of get to your pop a little bit more maybe mcneil does have some future value there um and 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 can be somebody that then becomes a major contributor so um i don't think anybody of import's gonna lose time with his return because they were really scraping like a danny echeverria which weirdly though you know I talked about how last year, every time I saw Eric Kratz, he was doing something. And then you look at his bottom line numbers and they were trash. I swear to God, every time I look on Quick Pitch, every episode of Quick Pitch I watch, Danny Hedgeveria has done something. And yet he's hitting 241 with three homers. So where the hell is that production coming from? I don't know. Maybe I'm watching the same episode. He is. (laughs) You're watching repeats of Quick Pitch. Yeah, I'm watching old Quick Pitches where he's hitting the same homer every time. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but I've seen all three homers a hundred times from a Danny Echeverria. So uh, stay tuned to New York there. Like I said, Cano due back soon. They thought maybe today, not yet. Um, at that point, I think McNeil would go to left, push Dominic Smith back to the bench and Cano would go to second. And so we'll see what's going on there. And that kind of covers the news right now. Now let's talk about some top 50 risers. I put out my SP rankings today. Those are now live on the site. You can go check those out, give your comments. So I just kind of want to look at the top 50 and some of the biggest movers from there and, and get some quick thoughts from you. Obviously, I like them. I put them there, but I want to know what you're thinking. The biggest one is um, I don't even have how many spots he moved up because I didn't rank him in May. That's how much I was out on Lucas Giolito. Because he was so terrible the year before, he did not start off well, and I'm just like, dude, I got to see something. Well, I've seen plenty, and I wrote about him like right as this little hot stretch was starting. It was after the start at Cleveland, um, and so he put together two good starts off the IL, looking pretty sharp, getting some strikeouts. That changeup was really working, and he had Toronto coming up back-to-back, which I loved to pick on. And then he drops a – he was great in both of those – then drops a shutout in Houston. 
strong start against KC, another strong start against Cleveland. So, you know, he hasn't really run the gamut on on schedule, but he's in the NL, AL Central. So he's it, it's not really going to get that difficult at any at any point for a sustained period. So how do you feel about Lucas Giolito? I bumped him all the way up to 28 in my must start. I don't think you can take him out of the lineup right now. Oh, man, his spot is interesting in your ranks. Sandwiched in between Aaron Nola, who you dropped all the way down to 27. I did. Uh, and then uh, right above my boy, Domingo Herman. Oh, wow. I got some pushback on Herman. They said, why, why the opt? Well, just one comment. It just said, why the optimism on him? I was like, I didn't I didn't think there was. Like, he had one bad or two bad him. starts. Like, I, don't I think, think so, too. I don't think the Yankees. I think there are guys like Paddock uh, who – Especially if the the Padres start to fade, you could see them really start to limit his innings and uh, and, and maybe even shut him down completely. Whereas a guy like Herman, the the Yankees are just gonna ride him into the ground if they have to. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I agree with. That. And so I'm I'm not worried about the two bad starts uh, in a row. You know, KC ripped him up four homers. You know, okay, that that sucks, and you hate to waste a good start against a mediocre offense. Uh, but then getting knocked around by Boston a little bit. Okay, I mean it's Boston. So back to back bombers from Herman. I'm I still don't see any league where I'm taking him out of my lineup right now. And that's the thing. It's just like I just don't think pitching is good enough. Now there are are scenarios because Domingo Herman was a late pick where somebody could have deep enough pitching to where they could have that luxury. But I think you're just you're I think you're trying too hard really because he can also throw seven shutout against Boston and nobody would really blink at that. It's not like he's only picking on crap teams. So I still like Domingo Herman. As far as Nola, uh, maybe a little bit of, of extra recency there. Cause I did watch him yesterday and I just wasn't that impressed. You know, there was some decent movement on his stuff when he needed it, but he also couldn't command it. And so he gets ripped for six in San Diego, five strikeouts, three walks in five and a third I know he'd been pretty good before that. It one three one three one 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 with his uh, earned runs, but I I thought this was fair to just kind of bring him back. I you know we we crowned him a little early, which I understood, and I I don't even necessarily think was wrong. It's just that he showed that it wasn't deserved. Like he had an ace season last year, but that doesn't mean that he's a full on ace. I guess. At least not right now. So what, what do you think about I, Nola? I mean, as far as Nola goes, I, I wonder if there's something wrong in terms of I always health. wonder that. You yeah, know, when he when he when he's not good, I always wonder that, that because of that's his That's my big profile. fear because I mean he, anyone who says that they didn't believe in Aaron Nola coming or they they believe this kind of thing was gonna happen to Aaron Nola, um I, I, I don't understand your process. So yeah, I'm not no gonna chance. say you were that you didn't do that or that you were wrong. I just don't understand the process because we all were expecting the breakout last year. We got the breakout. We expect a sustained breakout. So yeah. um to to see him without going on the IL have these issues. Uh you just yeah, you just wonder, especially a guy who's had chronic back problems and, and, yep. and elbow issues, you wonder if there's something going on there. Uh, and if the Phillies will uh, put him on the IL and um, and give him a chance to kind of get things right, so well, N- Nola's still a must start for me. I don't think you can take him out. So I, I did move him down within that tier, and so that is showing some some negativity. It's minus eight spots, but it's 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 just saying, listen, there I have some concerns here, but I just don't think you have the luxury to take him out. Sorry, so. Um, I, 
I, God, I, I wouldn't take them apart out. your whole ranks. We're going to have to do, just do an episode where I do this. Thursday's uh, episode. We, yeah. we locked and loaded. Um, next up, though, on this top top 50 risers, Griffin Canning goes from 101 to 48. I think he had like one start when I made the, the, the rankings last month, so I couldn't really do anything off of that. I just kind of put him. Uh, yeah, he'd had the, the first start against Toronto, showed some nasty stuff, had some you know 18 swinging strikes on 82 pitches. I got. I obviously have to see more, and we saw a month of of quality work, so I got him up to forty uh, eighth. How do you feel about Griffin Canning of the Angels? I like Canning a lot, and uh, I think I was pretty uh, uh, pretty on him when when we talked about him in, ter- uh, in terms of Fab, especially because the Angels just have nothing exactly uh, in terms of pitching. That being said, I do worry about the kind of contact he's giving up in the zone and it is leading to home runs. Uh, he, he's doing a really good job of keeping guys off uh, the base paths, which is helping kind of kind of uh, limit that damage when he does give up uh, a homer. Uh, there's I'll obviously get... some regression coming, but... Sure. I'll give him a little break, though, on the homer thing. When you only have six starts, a three-homer outing at Baltimore is carrying a yeah. lot of weight on that 1.7 homer night. I'm not, I'm not saying that. that's... Like, you weren't... like. Like, oh, if, for sure, if you for were sure. Curating some of his starts, that's one you definitely ate. I don't think you would have taken him out for any of these starts yet. Yeah, He's I had Toronto, at yeah. Detroit, at Baltimore, KC, maybe the Texas one, but it wasn't in Texas. But he and was then so at good at, at Kansas City that, or versus Kansas City, that you're not going. Yeah, no, no, no. Sit you, him down. So yeah, you, you definitely probably... ate it, but it's 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 one bad start weighing heavily on the homer per night. That said. The, the counter would be he's given up a homer in all but two of the, like in four of the six starts. So there is a little something there, but I don't know that he's a 1.7. Maybe he's like a 1-1-1-2 guy, which is still more homers than not, and it would require him to continue to keep guys off the base. Like 1-2, one, 1-3. One, okay. Uh, so, I mean, obviously I think there's some regression coming, but I, I, obvious, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to carry a, you know, a three ERA all season long. So, but – uh, like I said before, the Angels have to use. They, they need him. Like they've got nobody else in that rotation. to have any chance. Yeah. They absolutely need. Him. I mean, even just to get through the season without just tearing apart Andrew Heaney again. Because I mean, isn't that what happened last season? Where they 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 literally only had Andrew Heaney. Uh, Your boy. So. And Skaggs for until the end. I mean, that they, they rode him as long as they could, and then and, and then, then that fell apart. Well, and, and you wonder why these guys are dealing with health problems because they have no, well, other, yeah. other, no other options. Yeah, they, uh, I, that's what they got to do. So I, I think that he's going to be a mainstay in the rotation. I don't know if I would necessarily have him quite as high as you do, um, but I, I'm not going to I'm not going to argue too heavily on that one. All right, next up is a 40 spot move for Brandon Woodruff from 79 to 39. I mean, this one was just uh, in the works. I mean, I've, I've been drift all year, so I was just kind of waiting to see where where my guy was at. And uh, you know, he's been he's been really good this year. I've been impressed with Brandon Woodruff. I I really think he's somebody that they don't have. Like, even though he only threw, um, well, no, actually, he had seventy one innings in the minors, so he's actually got enough innings. To really go, he'll be fine. He has 114 innings last year. You know, you put you put a, a extra quarter on that. That's about 145. 
go a little bit more. I mean, you can you can get 160 out of him in the regular season. He's 26 years old. I don't think they need to baby Brandon Woodruff. He's getting the swings and misses. He's keeping the walks in check. He has a 382 ERA. It's a little bit high, but if anything, the skills are suggesting that that could be lower. That maybe it's it's running higher than it should be. Three pitches are working right now. The changeup isn't great, but it's a little it's a little bit above a show me fastball slider primarily. What do you think of Brandon Woodruff up, up at 39? Well, over his last seven starts, he's got a 2.57 ERA and over 10 strikeouts per nine, um, and that That's includes good. getting shellacked in his last outing at Pittsburgh, where he there you go six earned in uh, in four innings. So that frustrated me, by the way, very much. Yeah. So. <laughs> Guess who I used in DFS that day? Um, oh, gee, <laughs> you know, I swear to God, it's it's. Um, I have Giolito in the main event, and whenever he pitches, somebody's there to crap all over it now it wasn't on the same day uh, in fact i got the bad woodruff start and then the next day it was cleaned up giolito but uh, i remember getting the the shutout in houston for giolito and then thor was there to crap on it's like guys could you just do well when you're supposed to you're supposed to do well in pittsburgh brandon woodruff come on dude but he's been so good uh, i mean you highlighted how good he's been he's even been with that awful on start. The, or he's been much better at home uh, I mean, you don't really see it. Eight yeah, you don't see it as much in necessarily in the ERA, but in the strikeouts. It, he's got 51 strikeouts in 39 innings at home and 29 strikeouts in 29 innings on the road. Uh, and so, I mean, he's definitely a guy. I, I mean, I think he's a pretty much must start every every time out. Uh, but I'm more confident using him at home uh, right now, which is not something you always say about Brewers pitchers, considering how bad exactly. that home park is and how nice some of those road parks are in the division so uh he's a guy that especially early on in the season i was still kind of ranking higher than maybe other people were because uh how he, of how he struggled to kind of kick off the season um and just kind of held on faith uh that he would be fine and now he's well, doing great and if you watched him you know he had a 581 era through five starts did brandon woodruff and i mentioned he's cut that now by two runs in the subsequent seven starts, uh, down to 382. That 581, I mean, he was pitching better than that. And it'd be like one inning here or just, you know, a couple extra hits there. And it was, he wasn't really getting crushed. The Dodgers were the only team that, like, I, I guess the, the White Sox, or excuse me, the Cubs got him pretty good too. But, you know, three of those five starts were, were fine. But the two bad ones really bumped it up. 581, you're thinking this guy sucks. But the strikeouts were there. The walks weren't high. He's figured it out. And so, yeah, I really like what Brandon Woodruff's doing. I got him in the usually start tier, but he's like literally four spots away from the must start. I'm not taking him out in any leagues right now. I, that just leaves it open in case, again, with some of these later guys, you might be one of the lucky ones that has enough pitching depth to where Woodruff in a one start is the odd guy out at the Cubs or something. But for the most part, it's a set and forget. Yeah, he's uh, in an interesting spot, too, in between uh, Max Freed, who I didn't believe in, and, and Frankie Montas, who I, who I did believe in. So um, I, I didn't believe in Freed either until that slider developed. Shout out to I thought our boy just... Roto-Gut, uh, Vlad Sedler, who, who had tweeted out when all those prospects for the Braves kind of came up. He was like, Max Freed is the one nobody wants, but is going to be the best out of them. So, and look at that. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also called Yelich MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, listen, I'm in, in in Rocco, I trust, man. Uh-oh. 
Andrew McCutcheon has a torn ACL and will miss the entire season. Yeah, yeah, of, of fucking course. I mean, so, there, feel there free was, to drop them now, guys. There was really just no doubt that it was going to be bad, and that really sucks. That really, like, again, I just, I really just enjoy watching him play. Cool guy. That that bites, let alone the the fantasy ramifications, which are plentiful for me because I tend to draft the guys I like. I'll be interested but that's to not... talk to you know some of our uh, injury guys in the industry and and see when they think he'll be back. Like, is this something that I, he's gonna miss? I was gonna say next year. Yeah, what's that gonna do? Now you're talking about a 33 year old coming back on a on a torn ACL. That really sucks, dude. And it was just like a weird rundown play. Um, oh God, that dude, he had a 378 OBP at top their lineup too. He wasn't exactly tearing it up because I think people kind of underestimate what he was doing, uh, but 10 homers that I think the 256 average kind of hid what he was doing. Like I said, 378 OBP, 10 homers scoring run. He had 45 runs scored. Kutch is that's a big piece for Philly to lose, and it's gonna be a big piece for your fantasy well, and team. He to lose. let off pretty. I think every game he yeah. played this season. So who becomes the everyday leadoff guy now? I don't know, dude. Segura. It's and that's that's just not the same type of leadoff hitter. So, Cesar but I think Hernandez, that that's maybe? Cesar Hernandez could replicate what Kutch does better because he has a better eye and is more prone to taking the walks. So yeah, something like that. Uh, but it's a, it's a big loss for them. That really sucks. I, I the Kutch move was one of my favorites of theirs this year. I, I really thought it was a sneak maybe, move. Maybe they become a buyer for Hunter Pence. Ooh, bring back Pence. That's interesting. That is really interesting. And they're not going to be They're only half quiet. a game up in the division. And... Oh, yeah. They, they know they've won nothing. They talked about spending stupid money. Like we mentioned, they went and got Jay Bruce. I think what it will really depend is what can Kingery do. Can he kind of almost fill the cut gap in his own way? And uh, Roster Resource agrees with you. Cesar Hernandez is at the top of the lineup right now. That's, that's what they've yeah, got. Yeah, the only so. thing I worry about Kingery is would they prefer him to play, play him at third? So, like – I know Franco is, you know, is still pretty decent, but I think they're... no, no, he's actually not. I checked in on his numbers. He is brutal. Two oh nine, two eighty four, three eighty three. Oh well, never mind then. Yep. So I mean, would they rather keep Kingery at third then, and then go out and shop for uh, uh, some An sort outfielder. of uh, outfielder? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe maybe Hazley does crack, right? We're, we're, just because we're not super high on him doesn't mean he can't impress us or overshoot expectations. So they're going to go with that for now, but th- they're shopping for sure. All right, two more guys here on the pitching. Jake Odorizzi in Rocco, I trust, man. Just two times through and done. As long as you keep doing that, I think we got a gem on our hands here. An AL best 196 ERA. Uh, 70 strikeouts in 64 and a third. I bumped him from 72 to 36, man. I mean, this is – Colette's been on this for a minute. I mean <laughs> – for, for a lot longer time, than a minute. It's Yeah, this times been... through is Colette's thing. Like, he just – he loves that. Mm-hmm. And so he finds the guys that, you know, can't really handle the third time through and, and you know, desperately implores the teams that have them to play to that. And the Twins are absolutely playing to that with – Oh, easy, and it's been fantastic. Do you know how many runs he's given up in his last seven starts? Uh, four. 
you overshot it by one. Oh, I almost went three, and I was like, that just seems too low. I just and and do you know that they all came in the same game? Oh wow, yeah. And the he, rest has been crazy good. Yeah, uh, it's a .65 ERA in his last seven starts. Obviously, that's not going to continue. We don't need it to though. He has been incredible. Uh, here's what I'll say: like I, I'm usually the person that says that managers are generally are generally overrated in the game of baseball. Uh, but is there been a better manager than Rocco Baldelli this year? Nope. I, I mean. Manager of the year, and, and we're just starting June already. Uh, yep, it's just he he's done such an amazing job with his Twins team, uh, and and things like this where he doesn't he doesn't let him go deep into games and see that lineup a third time. And there's no uh, point. Yeah, and he's been fantastic, and I I think that 36 is a bit higher than I would go, and there's definitely guys below him that. I think I would put over him, but I, I'm not gonna argue like, to. Frank, uh, we're going to talk about Frankie Montas here in a second. We, we yeah, know yeah. he's my boy. Um, I think there's an argument for Matt Strom uh, in, in there as well. We'll have to address that on Thursday because I like Matt Strom, and they're not that far apart, so I don't think you're crazy. But I think Odorizzi is is clearly better. But I, we'll get into that. I, I feel super offended Thursday. by your Kyle Gibson ranking. Like I don't know. You're lucky I put him on the ranks. I I feel like you're either way too high or way too low. Like he should be in, uh, you know, in the in the forties, or he should be number sixty nine. Just out of principle, like it's <laughs> he almost was, other. but that was the spot oh, start here. It's okay. You put my other boy at number sixty nine. You put Andrew Heaney at sixty nine. So that yeah, that that makes things a little bit better. Yeah, you're you're all good there. I I, I honestly I thought uh, Gibson was just somebody that you are kind of usually starting right now, if only. Even if you're getting like a high three ZRA, give me the almost automatic W with that team. I just feel like Minnesota guys right now are all he, getting it. He's a, a, a compiler at the pitching. I mean, he's, yep. just, he's just compiling those stats, and you need those. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so I'm I'm cool with that. But uh, yeah, I did move him up. He was actually a, a decent mover himself. But Odorizzi, I like. We'll discuss further on some of those other guys. But the one we will get into is Frankie Montas. He goes from 73 to 40. Um, just wanted to see a bit more. I I can't claim to have been on as firmly as you as far as Montas goes, but uh, I've I've been somebody that's interested in him and and you know he was good in April ERA wise and I'm like mm, the skills are sort of there. Let's see it here. Let's let's see what he can do in May and he really impressed me in May. That splitter has been really strong for him. He's matched the walks from last year, cutting his walks with the strikeouts from previous years when he was just a thrower. And he's really put it together this year. 281, 120, 25% strikeouts, 7% walk, doesn't allow homers. Um, now that's going on three out of his four seasons, he doesn't allow homers. So that's like that. That's a skill. I, I feel pretty good about that. And sh shifting to the split finger as his changeup has really worked to go with his fastball center combo. So I'm in on on Montas here, and uh, I felt 40 was a, was a pretty good – flag plant to say listen you're starting this guy pretty much all the time here you're gonna have to have a real good staff or, or a real good reason to not put him in on a given start yeah and i think you're too low on him uh i, I, I love frankie montas when that splitter is going he is just unhittable so sexy dude and every single one of his pitches has a positive p-val right now 
uh, he's getting uh, his his O swing is thirty five percent. Oh my goodness! Uh, just, that's that's that, that's your chase rate for the that's yeah. outside of the zone swing rate for those who don't know. That's up six points. Yeah, that's a nice boost, man. His swing and strike rates up three percent uh, from last year to let back back to kind of where it was prior to like things kind of really falling apart to uh, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just love everything that Montas does. The park really helps him as well. Getting a pitch in Oakland, the defense. Him. The defense on that team is is great. I I just don't know. I, I think there are people who are just thinking that this is going to fall apart, and who knows? Maybe it will. But uh, but you I can say about almost any pitcher, it's right? It's not going like, to be skills that fall apart. It's going to yeah. be health, and that's something that he's dealt with in the past. And so if you're hedging your bet there, but like you said, that can happen to any pitcher. Uh, and we've seen that this year. And there's no reason that he's not going to go full bore. He had 137 innings last year for Frankie Montas. So there's no restrictor, restrictor plate on, on anything that he should be able to do innings-wise. And they absolutely need him in Oakland. They've now had a big run. They're just a game under 500 now. They were kind of looking like a pretty pitiful team. They've had a nice surge here. And so Montas is their ace at this point. And you know if they could get another pitcher or two there – I think they can make some of last year's magic kind of come to fruition too. Our boy Matt Olson has returned, and he's showing that maybe the hamate is not going to sap his power. Well, it, the the removal of said hamate because uh, since returning, he's got seven homers, and all, all seven of his homers. Yeah, he's been fantastic uh, with, with the power. So yeah, I like Montas. I hear you that uh, you could have seen him even higher. I, I could see him in the must start. Like the thing of it is like probably the first I'm looking, I'm eyeballing it here. Like maybe 10 guys like up to Peacock, even like Quintana who has, who's been a, struggling a bit lately. They're damn close to must starts too. Like, I just, I don't know where you're really taking them out. And that would be Odorizzi, Minor, Freed, Woodruff, Montas, Ray, Gray, Sonny, uh, Strom, Tanaka, Peacock, Quintana. I'm not really taking them out. In, I don't have pitching good enough to take those guys out either. So they almost could have – I could have just made the must-start 45 deep perhaps because yeah, they're really with, in that yeah, middle. The, with the way pitching's been this year. <laughs> yeah, been really, exactly. Really difficult. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I since I'm not working a fantasy alarm anymore, I'm not doing the weekly ranks uh, I was going to mention that, yeah. So it's, uh, it's hard for me to kind of compare, but – like just eyeballing your list, if I was to say where I would probably slot Montas in, I'd probably move him up to about your Bumgarner Rich Hill area. Okay, so that's um, that's going to be thirty-two, thirty-three. So it's it's about eight spots or so, but it's in the must-start tier. So that is that is a that is a difference there, and I can hear that because again, we're talking three pitches, nasty velo, a, a workable uh, split finger change. I'm a sucker for splitties, and you know what I've been impressed with most about his split finger. A lot of times, split finger leaves you susceptible to homers, and what did I mention earlier? He doesn't give up homers. I mean, that Only, ground ball rate is. 51 yeah. percent almost 52 percent so and chapman Simeon turning those into outs like crazy on the on the left side of the infield all day long so he hasn't given up a home run since april 10th oh my god he gave up all four of his home runs in his first three starts of the season and he has yet to give up a home run and then. he's faced houston texas he's gone to boston eh, a bunch of crap since then but it's no, not like Pittsburgh it's been hasn't been bad offensively. I mean, they've been worse a little bit more recently, but I mean, 
back in but the beginning of May, they were one of the best offenses in the game. But then Cleveland, Detroit, Cleveland. Yeah, LA <laughs> sneak tip been kind of decent. And actually they kind of roughed them up a little bit, four and four. They're not so much power, but they're contact and eye. And it showed because uh they got yeah, him for four walks. hits and yeah, five walks. Five yeah. Walks, yeah. But you know, you can't react negatively to every bad outing by even some of these up and coming guys that you believe in. That's what I was getting at with the Domingo Herman thing. I got a comment like, you know, why do you have so much optimism in him? Cause just because I didn't move him down. I was like, well, it's two bad starts. I, I, and he moved up more on attrition. I actually didn't even rank the same number of guys because the pool is that garbage I, that I cut 10 guys. And a lot of it was just attrition of guys either getting demoted or injured, demoted to the minors or the bullpen. You know, I've got guys, I, I, just looking at my um, guys who were ranked last time that aren't now Kluber, Tyone, Glass now. McHugh, Trevor Williams, Freeland, Luke Weaver, Eflin, Rodon, <laughs> Velasquez, Pineda, Peralta, Ivaldi. Uh, Ivaldi wasn't ranked, but I put him back on the list to be mindful because he'll be back soon. So, But those other 12, I mean, that's the difference right there, even more so. Um, so pitching is still pretty brutal out there. Oh, my and, God. I can't wait to just go after you on some of these ranks down below. I just, How do you rank Jeff Samarja outside your top 100? We'll save what this for it? Thursday. Just foreshadowing for Thursday that oh I, you're going to get yelled at. I, I can't wait to bat you around for three hours. Jeff Samarja, garbage. Well, that just sounds like a fun time. <laughs> uh, yeah, m- maybe he's a little bit low. But you know what? I'm telling you, the rest of the way, not going to be so good. Thursday, we'll we'll get more into it. Um, you'll send me the names that you want to talk about. We'll go into some of the we'll, – we'll, we'll go outside the top. Actually, you do a couple in the top 50 that we didn't get on today and then and then some in the uh, in the in the further tiers there. That will be the bulk of the Thursday episode with a little bit of news. But uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Any, anything you got going on? Oh, if people – well, no, it's 15 minutes away. Never mind. I was going to say if people hear this in time, join the DraftKings. Are, are we filled, by the way? Um, of course, like this is the week we dropped it to a hundred and we, I know, but I was out of commission last night too. And so you had to put it up. Sorry about that, dude. I was like, I was in a haze, man. I just felt so crappy. We're five away with 15 minutes ago. So we'll, we'll be fine. We're good. We're good. All right, man. Well, great talking with you. Thursday, the gloves come off and we go to battle on these SP ranks. So guys, get your comments in. Let us know what you're thinking. And then we'll see which side you agree with on some of these guys that we discussed on Thursday. Justin, great talking with you. Talk to you in a couple days. Take it easy.